And I think it can be helpful when you talk to them and work through it so there's no surprises. And then also find out if they really want it or not. Okay, find out if it is important to them as it is to you. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer. He's an estate planning attorney. He's also the owner of Rosenbauer Law Office. You'll find him there in the greater Cincinnati area. And you'll find him online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Nick, I, I love the topic today. And you always send them over to me and I look over and I'm, you know, I usually love the content you send me, but I like this one because we're talking about things you do not want to leave <laughs> to people. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I, I deal with a number of, the, and it probably sounds backwards, but it, it's not so much people don't want stuff. It's just the, you know, the, the value proposition. Sometimes things are not worth the headache because of how much of a hassle it is to deal with them. Okay. So it's not as if necessarily, I don't want your stuff, um, but there, well, actually there, let me correct that. There are a couple things that I definitely would not want at all. Um, but a lot of these, Ben, and you look with it, it's not easy to just give it to someone. Right. There's a lot of headache, a lot of hassle, a lot of dispute, a lot of effort involved. And a lot of times the, is it worth it? Is it worth the headache for what it is? A lot of times you can run into a situation where it's not. So we'll talk about that today. Not everything is a bad asset necessarily. It can just be a lot of trouble and a headache. So we're going to talk through some of these items that uh, you might want to think twice about when you uh, put these in your estate plan. And, and Nick, I, I'm curious, like, do you tell people directly like, hey, yeah, let's, let's not include that? Or do you just kind of say, hey, here's some things that could go wrong. Make up your mind. Okay. No, great question. And first off, it depends on what it is. Um, I always plan to dispose of or pass on everything when someone's gone because we can't have something with no direction. Okay. But if it's one of the items that we'll talk about on the list, I'll say, if you pass away and you haven't done anything to address it, what is our backup plan? And then we'll write it in. And then I'll say, oh, by the way, this would be much better for you to address or get rid of or figure out ahead of time. So I will say, worst case scenario, you die tomorrow. We need to say, here's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, so I will do that, but I will also say, this is something we need to jump on on the front end. It's not a good idea to leave this hanging. Okay. okay? So kind of a kind of a, a half yes, half no to your answer, I guess. Okay. Well, if you haven't joined us before, before we get started, I'll remind you, you can find us online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. You can schedule a consultation uh, with Nick there, and you can also check out his resources, a ton of stuff on the website, not only all of our podcasts, but also uh, resources like Ohio's Complete Guide to Estate Planning, the Estate Planning Checkup Guide, Five Essential Documents of a Complete Estate Plan, and more. So check them out online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, so people always want to pass their estate smoothly onto their heirs after they pass away. And, you know, a lot of these conversations you have with your family is, all right, who's going to get what? But, you know, an even better conversation talks about why, when, how this, these things are going to pass on. And I know Nick, as you, as you hear, has these conversations where it's like, okay, you might not even want to leave these things. So let's start off 
with your stuff, Nick. Uh, I'd love to know what kind of falls <laughs> in this category. I kind of picture the, some, the, some things in my house. I would probably say, I don't think anybody wants this, but what do you, what do you have in mind here? Well, let me say this is not including, you know, if you got a big, and, and for our listeners know, Ben has a big fancy, you know, rare bourbon collection. So <laughs> if any of you are neighbors, go over to his house if he ever invites <laughs> you over. Um, and then just, you know, you bring over a cheap bottle, you offer him a glass, and then, of course, Ben will say, oh, here, let me get something out for you. There you go. Exactly. Don't just let him come back with a bottle. You walk with him to the bar area so you can take a look and pick out yourself so i ben i'm not going to give away your address on here so (laughs) but uh so anyway a lot of times the household goods personal effects etc some of it you know family mementos and, and heirlooms and things like that may have some meaning and some value but there's a lot of other things that don't um especially as the kids get older so if I, you know, if I have kids in their early 20s and they're broke, they're in college right out of school, you know how it is, Ben. Um, there yeah. were times when my parents' furniture, my parents' TV, uh, my parents' iPad were significantly better than anything that I had. So 10 years ago, if my parents died and someone asked me, do I want my parents' TV? I would have said, heck yes. Now, I mean, I have my own TV. I don't, I don't know what TV my dad has. I'm sure it's fine, but I got the TV that I wanted. Okay, I have the dining room furniture that I want. I don't necessarily want my parents' stuff anymore. And oftentimes what ends up happening, Ben, the family ends up disposing of it after someone's passed away. It's a lot of work. Extensively cleaning out the house, the yard sale, who wants the microwave? You know, everyone take turns drafting items, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, like fantasy football draft. So I want to I want this plate. I want this coffee. Yeah, exactly. So it's not it's not worth it a lot of times. The estate sale and then you just start donating and donating things to Goodwill, which is fine. Now if you get the sentimental items, Ben, the items that have sentimental value, especially when they don't have much monetary value, then you can have problems. Um, for example, you know, what if it's something you can't split? Okay, what if Ben, you had something? You know, let's say you had a military uniform from your great great grandfather who was in World War One, and it got passed down to you, and you have five kids. Can't give it to all five of them, right? right? It literally can't happen. Or you, you know, or mom's wedding ring, and we have four daughters. Well, you can see where that goes. And a lot of, look, these conversations on the things that matter, it's a good idea to maybe have that while you're alive. Uh, Making lists can help. And then, heck, actually, some people like to give things while they're still alive. Now, Ben, you and I should not be giving things to our kids yet, because hopefully we're going to be sticking around for a while. But as you get into your later years, I have a lot of clients in their 70s and 80s are giving things to the kids and grandkids now because they say, I don't need it anymore. That's great. So the items that people actually care about and are sentimental, it's a good idea to have a conversation or at least designate who gets what so there's no fight. And then the things no one cares about, you know, Ben, clean out your garage before you die. I mean, a lot of people don't because they say, I'll let the kids screw with it when I'm gone. Um, But at the same time, 
you can see how a lot of these things are way more trouble than they're worth. And and Ben, you know, everything but the house and those different companies that clean things up for the estate sales, mm-hmm. they're expensive. They are yeah. really, really expensive. Normally, there's a flat fee, thousands of dollars. And a lot of times, they take half of whatever the estate sale brings in. Wow. So it's so much work. And then you end up, you know, after the estate sale and all weekend and cleaning out the house and giving them everything. I've had times where, you know, clients walk away and they get $800 for everything that mom and dad owned after all the fees and things like that. So again, just something to keep in mind. Um, And Ben, this falls squarely in the category of, is it even worth messing with? Right. So your stuff, and you kind of, you kind of touched on that too, Nick, your, you know, collectibles, antiques, um, firearms even i guess these things can be pretty pretty difficult to uh to kind of get sorted out huh yeah absolutely so when you know the high value personal effects there's a different layer with firearms mostly um different states because everyone you know as people listen to us all across the country different states have different restrictions as far as ownership uh with firearms especially Ben, you know, if you die tomorrow, I don't know if you're, uh, I don't know if you're a marksman at all, um, but if you have, uh, if you have any firearms, pretty sure your daughter's not old enough to inherit them, would be my right. guess. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you do about that? Well, something has to be done, and if you want them to be there for her, if you know, you want all of everything that you have to go to your daughter, well, who's the placeholder? Okay, so that can certainly be a little bit of a headache. And then another thing, Ben, some of these high value things, obviously there could be fights, but the worst part is when people have no idea that they're actually valuable. Okay, so I mean, let's let's take, you know, like a Rolex watch. You see a Rolex watch, everyone knows Rolex is fancy. But what if you have, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like a Breitling or an Omega or another fancy watch, thousands of dollars, but it doesn't say Rolex. So the average person who's not a watch connoisseur has no idea. So imagine selling a $5,000 antique watch at, an, at a yard sale for 10 bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know people who have collections and they say the kids don't want it or, or the big collection of baseball cards. Right. And you have $100,000 worth of baseball cards, but you know, you, you and your wife pass away and your daughter goes through all this and deadhead baseball cards, that's immature. And <laughs> she puts them out in the yard sale and says 10 bucks and a shoebox takes all of them. Like that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Right. So a lot of times it's a good idea to at least have a conversation with your loved ones about, hey, by the way, if no one wants these, these are valuable. So at least get them looked at and maybe appraised so you know what you're dealing with. Don't throw them in the yard sale. Okay, so just mm-hmm. something to keep in mind because someone can miss it um, and throw it away uh, or put it in an estate sale for ten dollars. Well, I know when for for people that have a family business, and this is our next one. You know, that's that's something that you have to really kind of plan for in retirement and 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 deal with oh, later yeah. in life, right? As you're handing that off. But this is one too that I, I'm assuming. You probably want to get sorted out before you pass, right? Well, I- exactly. And this is not necessarily a bad thing to inherit, but it can be if you do it wrong. So first off, you need to evaluate this business and its value. 
And you need to be honest with yourself on whether or not any of the kids or whomever your heirs are actually want to continue the business after you're gone. Right. You know, so, and there's ego here. Let's be upfront about it. You have an emotional attachment. Um, I have an emotional attachment to the Rosenbauer Law Office because I built this from scratch. Okay, this is my life's work. It has my name on the door, right, for crying out loud. And Rosenbauer Law Office is me, you know, leaving a firm, starting out on my own, serving clients, and doing things that I love for people that I love, uh, and putting food on the table in the process. You know, I'd consider it somewhat of a of a success, a great story. I'm very proud of it. I've put more than just time in it. You put your sweat equity in, but the kids haven't. Okay, so my judgment would be very biased uh, about the business, about how important it is, how much the kids like it, how much it's worth. Okay, so I probably cannot give unbiased, fair opinions on that. And then, you know, as the kids grow up, what if I have them come in and do some work for me and things like that? Do I really know that they want to continue this? Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Um, do I have, oh, what if I have outside business partners? Hmm. You know, would I want my partner, if I bring a partner on someday, to become business partners with my kids? Right. Yeah. Would they want that? Is that fair to anyone? And then here's the thing. What if I have multiple children? Let's say I have, you know, I, I have two kids, and what if my oldest son is a lawyer and decides he wants to take on the family business, and my younger son says, nope, dad, I'm sane and reasonable. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be smarter than you. And I'd say, okay, fair enough. Um, so how would that dynamic change if my older son got the business and my younger son got nothing? How fair is that? Yeah. Or the flip side, what if I give them both the business 50-50 and one of them cares about it, the other one doesn't, and then they end up in business with each other. Mm. So again, it can be done. Proceed with caution is all I'm going to say. Think about this ahead of time. You need to have an unbiased opinion about it. And then I would probably talk to the players who may be involved and make sure this is all squared away before you pass. All right. Another popular asset to pass along is property. And there are some examples here and everybody loves to get a home, right? And, and a, a big piece of, of real estate. But there are some examples that we want to talk about that maybe aren't easy to sort through. The first one being the vacation home that's not nearby. And I think we've talked about this in past episode, uh, yes, an episode have. or two, Nick. But, you know, if you have that ski condo out in, uh, you know, Beaver Creek, Colorado, that's great. Ah, but yes, sir. when you pass it along, you know, there's a lot to think about, including how can you, are you going to use it? You know, I got to do the upkeep. I got tax. There's, there's a lot attached to that. It's not just a great vacation. Uh, exactly. So again, just like the business, not necessarily a bad thing, but be careful you don't get it wrong. Um, so there's logistical issues. It can cause disagreements because of the forced business partnership um, that shows up. I'm going to use my brother, my sister, and I, for example. I'm one of three. So. What happens then? We all three inherit it. All three of us have to pay the property tax. What if it's a ski condo? Like you said, that sounds great to me. My brother and sister don't ski. Okay, my dad used to ski when he was younger. So let's say he bought a, a ski condo out in Colorado and then he passed it on to us. All three of us own it. So I can certainly make the argument that all three of us need to pay for it. 
Mm-hmm. But my brother and sister could say, now, wait a minute, you go out there five times a year. I've never been there. Right. Why is it fair? Both reasonable arguments, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and then they'll say, you know, sell it. Let's just sell it all to Nick. And I say, well, I don't have a million dollars to buy you two out. So we're all three going to keep owning. Who gets to use it? Okay. What if it's a small condo with one bedroom? Okay. We can't all go at the same time. How do we do that? Also, you know, like anything else, let's say it's been in the family for a long time, Ben, then you run into the sentimental attachment there. Okay. So that could cloud your judgment. You may say, oh, the kids grew up on this. I have all these great family memories. It has to stay in the family, even to the detriment of my inheritance. Well, you could be setting the kids up for failure. Okay. Proceed with caution. Make sure, and you have to work with a professional on this who can go through all of the what if scenarios. Okay, you don't want to forget one or two of them, and those are the things that end up happening. And again, Ben, just like the business, might not be a bad idea to have a conversation with the people that you plan on leaving the vacation home to, so there's no surprises. And who knows? They may say, you know what, Dad? I don't want it. Mm -hmm. It's fun, but I don't want it. Um, And the other person may say, you know what, Dad? I know I really, really, really want that. So you may be surprised, and I think it can be helpful when you talk to them and work through it so there's no surprises, and then also find out if they really want it or not, okay? Find out if it is important to them as it is to you. All right, one last one here, uh, kind of in the same category, but a little different. I don't know if you know anybody that owns a timeshare, Nick, Uh-oh. but these are already f- can be frustrating enough uh, <laughs> when you have one and own one and use one, but trying to pass this on, I, I don't even know what all it would entail. But I would assume this is one that you have firmly on your list. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, So everyone has a nightmare or has heard a nightmare about the timeshare. And it is basically a partial ownership, usually a very small ownership in some property, usually some sort of a condo in a resort or a vacation home. And there's two different formats of these. One is either a fractional real estate interest. Uh, or there could be points uh, with a company. So it's funny, Ben, the fractional real estate interest, if you buy one week of a timeshare, the deed will actually say, because there's 52 weeks in a year, the deed will say Nick Rosenbauer owns a 152nd interest in condo unit three of such and such property. Mm -hmm. And there's 52 different deeds So there's 52 different families who own a 152nd interest in the property. Total nightmare to deal with. Um, The other one, they're doing these new things called points, Mm -hmm. which are easier to deal with, but usually they rip you off and you own less because you don't have anything attached to it. It's like money. You know, they could inflate it where you get 500 points a year. And right now that buys you one week. And then all of a sudden, 10 years from now, these uh, all cost 800 points. Um, So it's safer to have the real estate interest, but it's more of a headache. And look, even if you enjoy these places, you hear the stories about the the annual maintenance fees. Right. They're expensive. They always go up um, every year. And sometimes the maintenance fees cost more than it would cost you just to rent a place every week. And most of the time, the kids don't want the timeshares. Be very careful about that. Unless they say Disney on them, there's usually no resale value. So if you really want one, you can look on these places. People are giving them away for a dollar. I have multiple clients right now 
who, if I called them up and said, I will take your timeshare, they'd give it to me for free. <laughs> I've, I, I've literally yeah. had that happen right now. Um, and you know what the timeshare companies will do? Um, they will try to get you to pass it on to the kids so that the kids will be on the hook for the maintenance fees after you die. What they'll do is they will tell you to put the kid as a beneficiary on the account, or they'll say, put your kid's name as a co-owner on the deed. No, 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 no. Do mm. not do any of that, at least without talking to the kids, because all they're doing, it's like getting a co-signer on a loan. Okay, so if they're an owner, it's really hard to get out of it. On the flip side, good news for those of you whose parents own a timeshare and you are sweating right now in fear. You can dodge those in most cases after mom and dad pass away. You can just not pursue them. You can forfeit them. Um, but if your name's on the deed as a co-owner already, it's different. You can't give it back. But if I had a timeshare in my dad's name, he died and I decided not to probate it or pursue it or collect it, you can dodge that. So be very careful and be and have a very honest conversation with the kids about do they want this? And they will most likely tell you no. So talk to your attorney about how to, if you're not going to get out of it, say, I don't want this to be a burden on the kids. Okay, so proceed with caution. Now, Ben, like I said, if it's at a Disney resort, everything I said completely changes and those are worth a fortune. <laughs> right, um, right. For some reason, those have a very high resale value and that would be worth inheriting. Even if the kids don't want it, it might be worth inheriting so they can turn around and sell it for $30,000. Um, so be careful and get an honest appraisal of whether or not your timeshare is worth anything um, and then talk to your attorney and talk to the kids. Yeah, I'm sure there are exceptions to some of these things, right? Is is with everything in life, but yeah, this this kind of gives you a good idea of of some things you should be thinking about when you're planning uh, your estate and, and what you want to leave, and whether or not you should be talking with people now about some of these, rather than just assuming that hey, they'll be thankful for this timeshare in Orlando or this vacation home in Mexico, whatever it might be. Sure, it's great, but it might just make their life more difficult in the in the near term. So. Some things to think about. And again, if you want to uh, sit down with Nick, if any of these kind of maybe raise the flag in your mind, hey, I, I need to soar through a couple of these, get with Nick. You can do so at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. There is a link right there to schedule a call or uh, schedule a consultation with Nick, plus all of our podcasts as well. But get it started. If you haven't thought through these, uh, make it a priority to do so because these can, uh, you know, your family's not going to be ungrateful, but might make it a little bit easier for them. And they might be even more grateful if you just said, okay, I'm going to take care of these before uh, I pass and, and and not worry about my kids having to sort through a lot of these details. So this is an interesting conversation, Nick. And I, I, I'm glad we went through this one because I wouldn't have thought about, hey, what do we want to leave out of our estate plan more so than what we want to pass on and how we do that. So I'm glad we did. Oh, exactly. And, and you're right. It seems like counterintuitive. It seems like the complete opposite. Um, but all you have to do, just close your eyes and say, how's this going to go? And again, plan for the worst and hope for the best. But if you have the conversation, the honest conversations up front and you work with someone who can give you a clear picture of how this will play out in real life, that at least equips you and educates you enough to set up the right playbook. So again, I'm not saying all of these are bad and you don't want to inherit. Some of them are, such as the timeshare. But a lot of these things, it could go bad if you're not careful. So again, be careful, proceed with caution. The more you know, the more you can talk to the family, the better chance you have of getting it right. All right, that'll do it for this episode 
of Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer. Again, find him online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. We got more, plenty more to come. We want to thank you for listening to this episode. Nick, appreciate your time as always, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Absolutely, Ben. We'll see you next time. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.